0: Good morning, you're listening to Labor and Love Radio, believe it or not, I'm the B, aka Bill Morgan, bringing you your weekly labor magazine, Every Day is Labor Day, this is the show where we tell you how it is, if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for someone else work for a do- <clears throat> work for a dollar they didn't get if you don't have a seat at the table the negotiating table that is where you live you're on the menu and never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor when i say labor i mean you you're putting money in someone else's wallet Good morning, everybody. It's a labor and love show, the first one of 2019. And here we are. We got a government that doesn't work. We got 800,000 people now who are either laid off or not getting paid working without pay, the very definition of oppression. Let's see what we got lined up this week. Um, As usual, we got music of social significance like that that you just heard, and we'll run run those down for you in a minute. U.S. appeals court nixes an Obama-era era definition of a franchise. Hundreds of TSA agents have stopped showing up for work. These are people who are not getting paid. These are the people at the airport who uh, look through your garbage and run the run the sensor over your body to see what you got in your in your pockets Solidarity pickets protest Canada post strike ban That nice liberal Trudeau guy has declared their strike illegal and jailed some of the leaders Kaiser clinicians go on the offensive patient access, and how Four Roses bourbon strikers fought off a two-tier definition. On the labor beat, what did the new Secretary of Labor do to help a sleazebag named Jeffrey Epstein, a girl molester? The axe fell. How were union? How much were unions hurt? Looking back at the Janus decision and its effect on the labor movement and uh, food stamp facts. Now how about this? The uh, government is tied up in knots now about immigration. You just can't get a, a deal on immigration. Immigration, uh, kind of a phony issue, if you ask me. This sort of expresses it. <clears throat> Can I tell you a secret? I don't even care if they're undocumented immigrants in this country. I think it's a non-issue. Without social security numbers, they aren't privy to the welfare people claim they get. The vast majority of them are normal people trying to live a better life. The whole wall, deport the illegals bullshit, is just the 1% convincing the working poor to blame another group of the working poor for the fact that they're all poor. Instead of realizing that the reason you're all poor, we're all poor, is because of income inequality. You don't see millionaires and billionaires out on the street begging, you don't see them going through life trying to make a little bit of money so they can survive. We're all poor because our wages are low. Our wages are not living wages, or they're barely living wages, or they're not wages enough so you can get ahead. Wage stagnation, resource price inflation. Please use your brains. The existence of another poor person is not why you're poor. It's because the people who control everything refuse to increase your wages. Now, we're always hearing that there are people who say, well, I'm just not that in politics. I was talking to somebody yesterday who said, I'm just not interested in politics. Well, your boss is interested in politics and he's using all the influence he can to keep your wages low. And your insurance company is into politics and they're using their influence in politics to keep your insurance rates as high as they can. You think they want to insure you? think they care about your health and finally you're not into politics your landlord is into politics your landlord is going to try to do everything he can and use his political influence to raise your rent and keep it as high as he can we just had a a campaign in Pacifica A very mild kind of uh, rent uh, limitation. And the owner screamed like bloody murder and defeated it. They want to be able to charge you as much as they can. So check it out. You're just not that into politics. Maybe it's time to get interested in politics. Okay, yeah, Labor and Love Show, coming at you from Mutiny Radio, and I want to say a few things about Mutiny Radio as we get started here. Mutiny Radio is a space at 2781 21st Street, which houses the this show, for example, and 44 other shows, mutinyradio.fm. Okay, we've got a little bit of everything and a lot of some. A lot of comedy here. Okay, A lot of, of DJs just sitting back and playing music they love and talking about the things that are important to them. Come on down to Mutiny Radio. It's also a performance space. Every week there are comedy shows here where you can bring your own act, Your own stand-up. Ever dream of doing stand-up? This is the place to do it. Come on down to Mutiny Radio. Comedy playhouse. Comedy workshops where you can come and tell your jokes and get an honest evaluation of how you did the good things first and then criticism. This is where entertainers come from. This is how things develop in comedy and in stand-up. This is where you can sharpen your chops. It's also a space you can rent for $100. You can rent this space for two hours. Have your own event. Mutinyradio.fm. Check it out. Twenty-seven eighty-one. 21st street San Francisco in El Mero Mero the heart of the Mission District El Mero Corazon Okay, well let's see we started out with uh, a set there we had Santana everything's coming our way and that's how it's going to be this 2019 everything's coming our way the Carrot Top is wobbling. He's besieged. Everything's turning against him. His, his people that he, that he appoints are being thrown in jail. The Mueller investigation is getting ever closer to what? Well, we're going to find out. It's something that Carrot Top doesn't want exposed. We'll, we'll find out what it is. In the meantime, the word is organize, organize, organize. That's how the Democrats swept the 2018 House elections, governorships, even a couple of Senate seats. Organize, organize, organize. The issues are clear. It's never been this clear that the United States... Is a fascist country. Anyway, let's uh, look at some of these stories that I'd mentioned. How about Jerry Brown? As uh, John Nichols, um, political writer at Nichols Uprising, I guess this is his Twitter feed. Jerry Brown retires as the most successful governor in modern US history. When he was elected in 2010, California had a $27 billion deficit. Thank you, Arnold. And was considered ungovernable. Now it has $16 billion in reserves and is booing. What did Brown do that was right? He taxed the rich. He taxed the rich. I'll say it again. He taxed the rich. Ocasio-Cortez, a new congresswoman from New York, has proposed a 70% rate for top uh, earners. People making over a certain amount of money would be taxed at 70%. Not all their income. They're not paying... That's the top tax rate. As you move up to tax schedule, you get taxed at different rates. She's proposing a 70% tax. Well, it used to be 90%. Under Reagan, it was 70%. Now it's 39% after the work of the neocon. How about some food stamp myths Republicans just love to cut food stamps. And the myth is that people who get SNAP don't work. Well, ever since uh, that great Democrat, Bill Clinton, changed the rules, people who get food stamps now are often required to work. We can't give... Why can't we do this? America cannot give benefits like food. America cannot feed its people without going through some horrible thing. They have to deserve it or something. We can, however, turn around and give billions of dollars to other places, countries that will do our bidding and with whom we agree. I'm talking about the state of Israel. We can kowtow to Saudi Arabia. They send somebody to, some guy raises his voice a little and the prince sends somebody to kill him and cut him up. Those are our allies now, but we can't give, it just bothers those conservatives. Somebody's getting something for free. Little kids are eating As the great George Lakoff said, don't think about a starving child. Children are going to bed hungry here in the United States. But it's never posed that way. It's, oh, those cheats. People are getting something for nothing. We got to work for that. All right. And the children, so we don't... As Lakoff says, don't think about it. And, of course, what he's saying is, be obsessed with it, you know. Tell your friends who talk about lazy, indigent people getting things for free. Tell them that. Oh, well, the children are starving, but don't think about it. Snap as a drain on taxpayers is another myth. But every dollar in SNAP benefits generates a dollar seventy-three in economic activity. <laughs> this is the great, the great uh, paradox, right? People with full stomachs, people who have enough to eat and a little extra money, spend the money. And that fuels the economy. That's basic market capitalism. SNAP is rife with fraud and abuse, some people say. SNAP has a fraud rate less than 3%, the lowest of any public benefit program. And of course, the immigrant argument. SNAP benefits go to undocumented immigrants. Undocumented immigrants have never been eligible for SNAP. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Martin Luther King, uh, one of his last sermons was entitled, Will America Go to Hell? America's walking along the road and there's the starving child right in our way. What do we do? Well, if you're a neocon, you say that that kid is there and it's his own fault and it has nothing to do with you. Is that who we are? Okay. This is the B and started out uh Mom, having a little trouble here with my uh, technology. All right, here we go. Daddy. Okay, uh, Loretta Lynn, the coal miner's daughter. Let's see what we can add on. Here. This is the B, and um, running through some labor songs. And uh, let's see, here's one for some fun. This one I like. the city they got Okay, that's set, interspersed with our uh, our talk. Tracy Chapman finished it off with, tell it like it is, say it, say it, say it. The people who are running our country don't tell it like it is. They tell it the way they want you to believe it. They tell you what you want to hear. Before that, for no particular reason at all, Kansas City by Wilbert Harrison, one of my all-time favorite rhythm and blues hits. And finally, Loretta Lynn before that, Proud to be a Coal Miner's Daughter. Beautiful song because it, it gives you a look into the life of working people. And this is not just... Coal miners, daughters, this is working people all over the world in every age and country. They're broke, but they're working. They're trapped. They can't quit their work because that's how they survive in this system. You're supposed to survive by working. What is that? Where did that come from? Okay, that's part of the intellectual construct called capitalism. Some people make money off your work, but you struggle just to survive. Proud to be a coal miner's daughter by Loretta Lynn. move on here for some more off the labor beat i'm looking at a uh, probably a tweet um put up by antonio castillo and it's a uh, one of the regular pol- political uh, campaign signs on someone's lawn and it says como vas a votar este año how are you gonna vote this year? And there are two boxes. There's a green background and a box that says, I mean a blue background that says Democrat, or the box you can check. And the red box says pendejo. <laughs> so you can either vote Democrat or vote pendejo, and pendejo is a stupid ass. A dummy. Very well, you know, a genius for putting things (coughs) with minimal words. This is in in the common dreams. dreams CommonDreams.org. If we can get this article up. Pouring salt into the wound amid shutdown. Workers are going without pay. Hello? Trump signs executive order freezing pay of nearly 2 million federal workers. Now, what is that? 2 million federal workers were scheduled to get a small raise between 2 and 3 percent. Keep track with inflation. Two million dollar, two million workers. They, they say two million federal workers. No, no. Two million workers. It is shocking that federal employees are taking yet another financial hit. They've been furloughed and/or laid off. As if missed paychecks and working without pay were not enough. Now they've been told they don't even deserve a modest pay raise. This is Mr. Trump. Okay, let's look at it as if we didn't know all the details. Okay, if I tell you, oh, there's a big government and there are two million uh, federal workers, two million workers, and their pay was just limited. They didn't get an increase, a yearly increase, as they were told they would. Mr. Trump is saving money on their salary. With hundreds of thousands of federal employees currently furloughed or working without pay due to the ongoing government shutdown, President Donald Trump delivered another blow to struggling workers on Friday by signing an executive order that will freeze the pay of around 2 million public employees in 2019. So if you strip away, strip away the details and abstract the situation. Two million workers are being denied raises. 800,000 workers have been laid off or asked to work without pay. Amazing. This is the U.S. of A., Okay. Furlough 400,000 federal workers. Require another 400,000 to work without pay. Freeze pay for entire federal civilian workforce. Justify pay freeze on our nation's fiscal situation, which is caused by Massive tax cuts for the rich. Lied to the troops about the military pay raise. Excellent. That's from Chris Liu. All right. Pouring salt into the wounds. Here's our... Uh, Here's our direct action. I want to play this every week. I'm sorry if people get tired of it. This is our direct action rap. Now, what's happening is the workers at a factory are walking off the job. Two of their leaders were fired, and in protest, they just threw down their tools, and they're walking off their job. Here we go.
1: Fucked up. This guy's watching. <laughs> Look at him. They sent a couple of them home. They all packed their shit up and shut this motherfucker down. Nigga, who do y'all think y'all playing with? Mexico, man, this is what black people need to be on, man. I swear to God, I love this shit. They are packing they shit up and shutting this motherfucker. Huh? Uh, oh, my mama. All that shit. <laughs> they are not bullshitting. They packed up. Yeah, I see. It's over. Them motherfuckers now packed up and dipped. They thought they was going to play oh, with yes. these amigos, and they said, oh, yeah, we rise together, homie. And they leaving. And they not bullshitting. Take this in, man. Look at this, man. They shut this big motherfucker down today, man. We all going home, man. The SAs. Look, ain't no grinding, cutting, welding. This motherfucker dead ass quiet. The Mexicans shut this motherfucker down, nigga. Said, fuck you, bitch. And Willie, really, and Billy, really, this just what i talking about, baby. I swear to God, they got me kicked up. Oh my Malcolm back shit. Oh my mama, nigga. Fuck the bullshit, nigga. Look at this. They shut this bitch down. They pissed them off, nigga. They said, fuck you, we out. We not working no more today. Kiss my ass, nigga. I'll let y'all tomorrow. On oh, my mama. That's crack. Look. Ain't nobody here. We're just cleaning up. We're going home. It's over. i with that. Fuck it. Go to the crib. Go to the. Go to the casa. I la me and boy You swear to God.
0: Okay. That was an as yet unnamed uh, bystander. Maybe one of the workers. Totally amazed, totally blown away at this demonstration of solidarity by the Mexican workers. Going to have to find out where and when that situation was, what ended. But what a wonderful uh, commentary the guy gives. My breakfast receipt, it says. And it's a normal receipt for... French toast, passion eggs, mushroom omelet. Some people sat down, and when they got their receipt, register receipt, it said, Immigrants make America great. They also cooked your food and served you today. Thank you. Come again. Hear, hear. Hear, hear. The invisible people. We're doing all this work that you can go ahead and do your thing, right? Go ahead and be who you are, but you don't do it alone. This is when we talk about people who say, oh, well, individualism. You got to do it yourself, you know? No one will help you. Every step of the way in your life, people are working so you can eat and live and work and get real, whatever you you're trying to do. Every step of the way, people are supporting you with their labor, and they're supporting you with their low wages. The less they get paid, the less your pancakes cost. The less they get paid, the less... Your food costs. And on and on. This is about Donald Trump's labor secretary, a guy named uh, Alex Acosta, I believe. I labeled it super sleaze. Uh... And the headline on Democracy Now! How Trump's labor secretary cut a deal for multimillionaire and serial sex abuser Jeffrey Epstein. Let's listen to this for.
2: This is Democracy Now! I'm Amy Goodman. One Cabinet member after another has been forced to leave the Trump administration over corruption and other issues, uh, leaving Trump's Cabinet at its most unstable since he's assumed office two years ago. The Environmental Protection Agency, the Departments of Justice, and the— This is Democracy Now! I'm Amy Goodman. One Cabinet member after another has been forced to leave the Trump administration over corruption and other issues, uh, leaving Trump's Cabinet at its most unstable since he's assumed office two years ago. The Environmental Protection Agency, the Departments of Justice and the Interior um, are all being headed by acting officials. We turn now to look at whether Trump's labor secretary, Alex Acosta, will be the next Trump Cabinet member to go. As U.S. prosecutor in Florida, Acosta cut what's been described as one of the most lenient deals for a serious— serial child sex offender in history. multi hedge fund manager Jeffrey Epstein, friend to Bill Clinton, Donald Trump and others, has been accused of molesting and trafficking hundreds of underage girls in Florida, but served just 13 months in a Florida county jail. Fifteen Congress members have called for a probe into Trump's labor secretary. The Miami Herald recently published a series of articles exposing Epstein's crimes and the high-powered people who protected him. In the wake of the investigation, Epstein settled a defamation lawsuit against the lawyer of some of his accusers, avoiding testimonies from survivors who were expected to take the stand. A separate case to overturn the original 2008 plea deal is still pending. For more, we're joined by Julie Brown. Longtime investigative reporter at the Miami Herald, past winner of the George Polk Award, Robert F. Kennedy Human Rights Center Award. Her series exposing multimillionaire Jeffrey Epstein's crimes is headlined Perversion of Justice. Julie, welcome to Democracy Now! Um, This investigation is epic. Explain why you focused on Jeffrey Epstein, how you learned about his story, and give us the background.
3: Well, I had covered a number of stories about the Florida prison system, and I had I knew that sex trafficking was a, a big problem here in Florida. And every time, quite frankly, I started to do a story about sex trafficking and do some homework on it, um, Mr. Epstein's name kept coming up. And the more that I read about it, the more I thought, I, I you know, this is something that that I don't understand. I'm sure a lot of people don't understand how, in a state that is has a high Uh, rate of sex trafficking, how does someone who has trafficked all these girls—these were young high school, middle school girls um, over quite a, a long period of time. How does someone like that um, get away with, with it, when, at the time that this happened, um, Alex Acosta, who was the U.S. attorney in Miami, was going headstrong into prosecuting uh, people who were purveyors of child pornography, um, sending them to prison for, pr- prison for decades. And here is a man who had trafficked a number— it, it, some estimates are as many as hundreds of girls, uh, and he gets away with just serving a, a 13-month jail ser- term, really in a very cozy area of the of the county jail, where he was allowed to leave um, most of the day and, on work release. Now explain so who. I decided, ex- explain
2: who Jeffrey Epstein is. Talk about his rise uh, to power and who his associates are, leading right up to the president of the United—two presidents of the United States, from Donald Trump to Bill Clinton.
3: Well, it, it, the way that he uh, obtained his money has always been a mystery. It, it, it's almost as though no one has ever examined how he got his money. Um, it's, it, it's surprising that the federal authorities didn't look into that, because he seemed to have just a never-ending cash flow. He was able to hire uh, some of the t- biggest and uh, most costly lawyers in America to defend him. He was a New York and City schoolteacher. He was, he, but he never graduated from college, very, very smart. He was uh, into physics and mathematics and, and um, biology, and he worked for Bear Stearns. And then he managed to ingratiate himself with some very wealthy, powerful people um, and manage their money. And as a result of managing a lot of uh, famous people and and wealthy people's money, he himself made a lot of money. And as I said, it's really a mystery is exactly how much money he has and and where it came from. But he has, it seems like, never-ending source of cash, and he was able to really hire the best defense that his money could buy. I want to go
2: to a video um, th- uh, <clears throat> that accompanies your piece, uh, this Miami Herald expose, where we hear the voices of the young women, now older, describing what happened to them.
4: We were little girls. I was 16. I was 16. I started going to him when I was like 14, 15, 14 turning 15 if you think, at 14, $200, that's a lot of money at 14 years old. I mean, that's a lot of money now.
5: She's like, oh, you know, do you need to make any extra money? I'm like, yeah. She's like, okay, I can give you, you know, like $200. There's this older guy in Palm Beach. He gets a lot of massages from girls, you know, that was
3: really— They were recruited by someone who was adept at finding girls that would be willing to, you know, go to a house for a few hundred dollars, and as it started out, you know, give a man a back rub, but many cases it turned into something uh, far worse than that, uh, elevated to a crime, and a serious crime. In some cases, sexual batteries.
4: My life would have been different if I would have never went to Jeffrey Epstein's house. It was just a dark turning point in my life.
3: On June 30th, 2008, Jeffrey Epstein, a Palm Beach multimillionaire hedge fund manager received what might have been the most lenient plea deal for a serial sex offender in U.S. history. The Miami Herald identified over 60 of his victims, just young middle and high school girls at the time of the abuse. More than a decade later, several of them are talking, for the first time, about how they were molested by Epstein and believe they were betrayed by the very prosecutors who were supposed to hold Epstein accountable.
4: They came from— fairly disadvantaged backgrounds. There was some dysfunction in their families. The lure of a lot of money was more than they were able to resist. I went from um, an abusive situation, to being a runaway, to living in foster homes, to just already being hardened by life on the streets, the other girls that I personally know of that were coming from trailer parks that were having gun shootings, drugs. My mother was on drugs at the time and she couldn't provide for me and I was pretty much homeless. One child would be lured over, would be paid substantial sums of money, would be offered the further inducement of being paid a bounty for anybody else that She was able to bring to Epstein a network developed where many young girls in the same kinds of circumstance wound up being victimized. The three of us slid into the backseat of the cab, and we drove. And I remember just driving down Okeechobee Boulevard and thinking how I had never been on Palm Beach Island before in my whole entire life that I had lived in West Palm Beach. By the time I was 16, I brought in up to 75 girls all the ages of, you know, 14, 15, 16, people going from eighth grade to ninth grade at just um, school parties is where I would recruit them from. All Jeffrey cared about was go find me more girls. His appetite was insatiable. He, he couldn't stop. He wanted new, fresh, young faces every single day.
3: The sheer volume of girls, uh, the frequency, sometimes several or many in the same day, the age of the girls, in some cases, There were victims that didn't know each other, had never met each other, but they had basically the same story. I remember there was a staircase, and it was like, kind of like a spiral almost. And she
4: brings us up the stairs, and it was like spiral stairs. He walked into his bedroom, around his bed, to almost like a very little hall, and then it was another door. And that's where everything would happen, was in his bathroom. He would have a dresser, and it was filled with, like, the first drawer was lotion, and then, like, the third drawer down was, like, sex toys. So we would take the massage table out and set it up in
3: the middle of the room. And then he came in with his white towel on around him. And then he just laid down in his towel on his stomach, and he was just talking to people on the phone. When he flipped over, That's when he said, "Okay, you can go ahead and take off your shirt and pants, but you can stay in your underwear.
4: He would want us to stand next to him, and he would masturbate while he stared at us, touched us. To pull his nipples and to play with them in between his fingers, and also while I was playing with his nipples, he kept doing that stuff to me, but he was very aggressive,
3: like, when he would do it. And then he tried to put his finger in my underwear, and I, like, Jumped back and I went, I pulled back and I was like, whoa. (laughs) And he's like, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I won't do that, I won't do that. And then he went back to doing that. He's like, just on the outside. And I'm like, oh my God. It ended with sexual abuse and
6: intercourse.
0: Story of Jeffrey Epstein, and we could go on and on and on. The point here is. Donald Trump's Secretary of Labor, Alex Acosta, was the quote-unquote prosecutor in this case. Epstein ended up with the lightest sentence ever given at to a a child molester. Uh, He was a super pimp, is what he is. And uh, so listen to that. That's... uh, Amy Goodman, and uh, Democracy Now. Jeffrey Epstein, the case of Jeffrey Epstein. The, uh, Acosta, so Acosta now is uh, under indictment or under uh, examination by the Congress, um, He's been called before the Congress. We'll see what happens to him. <laughs> Mr. Trump was going to drain the swamp, huh? This is for Jeffrey Epstein and the girls that he exposed, the girls whose labor Listen to Jack Kerouac here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie
1: Parker looked like Buddha. Charlie Parker. died laughing at a
7: juggler on TV after weeks of strain and sickness was called the perfect musician and his expression on his face was as calm beautiful and profound as the image of the Buddha represented in the East the lidded eyes the expression that says all is well